1: All right, we are live. Facebook is screwing with us again. I had I, that's why the 30 minute uh, 30 second delay. Sorry. Um so it was a probably Facebook screwing with me because the Warriors just had an epic epic collapse. I was trying to think of what the comparable collapse would be. You're a little too young to be to for this one because you would have been like 2 years old. But uh, no, you'd have been 3 years old. 2002 Giants-Angels World Series. Giants are up in game six, about to close it out. And they can't close it out. And then Angels win game six and game seven. You know, a game six and a game seven is a little bit harder to fathom, a little bit harder to swallow. This is only game one. So that's probably harsh, but it's really what I thought about when you have a game in which, you know, we talked about this. You have to hold court. You're the home team for a reason. The thing that scared me the most is Boston coming out and going like, oh, like we're actually just as good as these guys. And the confidence part of that, that was what was I, I was so worried about. And for the first three quarters, even that second quarter, I know the Warriors didn't play fantastic that second quarter, but they stayed there. Even in those Steph minutes that they lost, that they, they didn't give it up big time, like in the fourth quarter. But once Boston saw the older legs cannot close out on the three, the young team whipping the ball around. Even though you know they've played more games, this was this was like my nightmare scenario. And man, if that fourth quarter is representative uh, of how these games are going to go the warriors are in big trouble now i, I do think that you know they they're they're savvy vets that they're not going to they they're, they're going to try and figure out you know how to, how to do it but you know game 1 was uh was pretty much the worst case scenario for the warriors and uh, they lose by 12 though they were down by 15 ultimately what were uh, what were your main takeaways here before
2: the takeaways you know we were saying it Plus minus was saying it almost any single podcast you listen to was saying it. This was a must win game for the warriors. They were a home court team in this finals. They get, uh, they get the majority home court for all the games and they're a three seed in the West. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know how many times that happens and you had to take advantage of it. They beat the Mavericks in five games. The Celtics had to get pushed to game seven against Miami. You had the longer rest. You've been there before. And, it just it was just lining up to be the most must win game ever, um, but my main takeaways from the game, I, I did like a little bit. of, I wrote down my notes, tweeted it out at halftime. I said, you know, Steph wasn't getting um, Steph wasn't getting doubled. He wasn't getting blitzed. It was like they were almost just one on one Stephen and Curry, and mm-hmm. that's why he went off for twenty one points in the first quarter. Uh, they were what was another one. I should just bring it up right now, but another one was that Tatum was struggling. And that kind of continued throughout the game. And my main point of bringing this up is because a lot of the stuff that I wrote in this kind of continued for the whole game, and I feel like that was an issue. I wrote that the Warriors were getting confused on defense from off-ball screens leading to open threes. I think that was more of a first-half thing. The second half, it was more... it was They were just striving and kicking, and Warriors were getting sunk in. And and my problem with that is that you play Jokic in the first round, where that's all he does. You play Jaw in the second round, for three games, but that's all he does. Luca in the third round, sure, he has a three-point shot to him, but that's kind of what he does too a little bit. It's either shot creation from the behind the perimeter or he's going to drive, bring defenders in, either hit the shot or kick. This isn't the first time they're seeing a simple driving kick from like a Jason Tatum or a Jalen Brown. Yet they couldn't, they kept sinking so hard. And I, I want to blame Jordan Poole for a lot of it because I do feel like it was a lot of his guys going at him. I was getting ready for the Warriors to win this game and for me to write like... You know, the Warriors are putting Jordan Poole on Jason Tatum to mentally psych him out. That's such a Warriors thing to do. Or, <laughs> but it, it's it's just almost the opposite. I thought Jordan Poole, that was one of our uh, talking points yep. yesterday or two days ago was that uh, Jordan Poole being an X-factor. Jordan Poole, you know, not not getting in his own head or not, you know, getting upset or not sinking his shoulders walking back the dugout like he just struck out for the third time in a row we said that so and i and i feel like all those all the worst things came true
1: in the in the sense of jordan Poole's play and his stat line well it is a big responsibility for him because when steph Cor- steph curry goes to the bench it is him and clay who they lean on to score the basketball and i'm not like it's hard because you know, it's his first time on this big stage you kind of wonder what's in his head and you know he tried to get cute he tried to do a little bit of break dancing and their defense was like uh you know we we don't we, we don't play that way like this is not denver right it was almost like that's what they were saying is like dude you are not playing denver this stuff doesn't work against us and so then he's you know he's gonna have to figure that out and and i imagine that uh the tape and, and when they go through the film, it's like, dude, you gotta you gotta trust your first move and go. Because if you go, they're going to overplay the drive and then you can get mid range. Like he had that nice little floater, that that beautiful floater. He had that in rhythm three that was there, but everything else he tried to force, he throws a left handed pass that goes out of bounds. I've never seen him throw a left handed pass ever. In in uh, in his career so far, uh, he turned the ball over with a carry. It's just like those things where you're like, yeah, you know, can you bl- you can't blame him for the game, but it's like the possessions. Mm-hmm. You know, Steve Kerr made a mention. He's like, you know, it's the turnovers really, and, and those possessions are valuable. And he just kind of like, uh, oh well, sorry guys, mm-hmm. and and that's just you know, it's just not happening. And there, were, there was a moment defensively. Where I think Jordan Poole didn't know who he was supposed to pick up as they were kind of coming downhill, so he just kind of stands in no man's land, and Draymond is like, "Dude, you can't expect me to get that far over to get your guy and then defend my guy." And Jordan Poole was just like, uh, it's like he, you know, there, there's some stuff there that." hopefully that they can, they can figure out with him because he needs to be confident, and he was not. He was very yeah. much a deer in headlights today.
2: Well, I want to ask you something, and I already know the answer to this, but I just want to float it out there. You know, we've talked about the three guys coming back, which was Otto Porter, Andre Godala, mm-hmm. GP2. And, and if you play everything how the Warriors have been playing, that's basically a nine-man rotation with the starters, Looney at the center, Jordan Poole off the bench, and then you have those three guys off the bench. That's a nine-man rotation. They went with eight today. That makes sense. It kind of seems like maybe what they're going to do in the playoffs. GP2 didn't play. And I'm asking this because, you know, we were kind of ranting about, about Poole. Is Pool someone who you could see his minutes decreasing or potentially even get moved out of the rotation or do you think he's just a complete lock not moving this is the guy who they're riding with this is you know because you know in my head I was like okay maybe I- Iguodala can get moved out of the rotation it's like no I don't think Igadala can get moved out of the rotation auto porter jr for sure not he brings everything they need and more so who is it or do they just keep adding
1: more I think you have less of a leash when, when it comes to the stuff that he does that really changed the trajectory uh, of what's going on on the court. Um, And we'll see how they play it. I think really, I think the main problem is like, I don't know if they're, and maybe we'll hear more about this, but I would be concerned with GP not playing that they don't think he can really shoot. And so if he can't shoot, Boston is already so long and so quick around the perimeter. They're basically playing five on four with everybody else. And so I'd be, I'd be concerned about that. Uh, we'll, we'll see what they say. Maybe maybe he needs until Sunday to where he's comfortable shooting. Because he's just going to be in the corner shooting threes. That's essentially what he's doing, right? Uh, but I think Jordan Poole is going to get a chance. And when he plays like he did tonight just like what happened in the fourth quarter they're going to take him out very quickly i think we're going to see more of that now if he is scoring and he's shooting and he's actually creating on the other end you may be able to live with some of those defensive collapses but you know he's on the court when these guys are just jacking threes and that has to mean something i don't i don't actually don't think he was the worst uh in, in the plus minus category for the Warriors the worst was oh no it was Jordan Poole. he was a yeah, minus I was about to say who could well well he was a minus 19 and Otto was a minus 18. That and they're feels, they're, they're, that they're feels the guys wrong, who are on man. well they're the guys who are on that second team you know when when they need yeah. to keep that lead when Otto's playing with the first team you know his his stuff is way better but yeah then he's on the second team and that's where they get they get blown out Otto was very missed.
2: He does all the right things in the sense of he could, he could shoot a open three and he could play defense. And then he brings on that added bonus of fighting for the offensive rebound, getting a good defensive rebound too. He was missed. What was his stat line? Cause he had 12 points, four for five, four for five from three. Like that's so needed. That is so big from Otto Porter jr. So,
1: yeah, you know, I think, uh, I think, there are changes to be made if they believe that this is repeatable. Like, Kerr could just say, you know what? They just had a great night shooting, and they're not going to shoot like that again. Well, I mean, I think they shot, was this is like 50% from three-point land. 51.2%, 21 of 41. And the Warriors weren't slouches. They were 19 of 45. Mm-hmm. Uh, Horford, 6 of 8. A lot of that is Draymond not being able to close out, or Draymond Mm -hmm. kind of trailing. Um, And Derek White. Derek White, 5 of 8. Jalen Brown was only 2 of 8 from 3. Jason Tatum was only 1 of 5 from 3. So their best two players did not shoot the lights out. But Marcus Smart, Derek White, and Al Horford were a combined Mm -hmm. 15 of 24 from three-point land. So does that mean that the Warriors are closing out hard on Tatum and Brown, knowing that those are the guys who they don't want to beat them. And the Celtics are just like, okay, that's not there. Swing it. Okay, that's not there. Swing it. And by the time it gets to that third guy, the Warriors defense is so tired that they don't get there. So, I mean, that's going to be something. Because what you could do, and this is kind of unfortunate, this is what they did in the 2015 uh, finals, is they say, you know what? we can't start Bogut. We got to start Iguadala. And what you could do is you can't start Looney. You got to start Iguadala because what that means, I think, I think it'd be Iguodala. And, and the reason is because Andre will not make those defensive mistakes, right? Like he, not only is he long, but he's not going to make the mistakes. Now, the thing is, is, how many minutes can he actually play? That's 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 part of it. it. He may not be able to play that many minutes.
2: And the thing is, I don't know if they'll downsize as well and take out Robert Williams from the starting lineup. I, f- I think Draymond might help a little too much in the drive. Draymond's an uh, amazing IQ defender, but even he, like with Robert Williams' athleticism, being able to just get that quick lob or something, that who knows? We'll, we'll see. But I think my problem is that that's a gamble that Steve Kerr could say, look, they just had an amazing shooting night, which he's right, they did. Derek White and Al Horford, I would almost guarantee, wouldn't replicate that performance, although Derek White had a great game six against Miami. I don't remember his game seven stats, but Al Horford's had a pretty good story throughout this playoffs too. That could be a gamble to say, look, they won't have that same shooting night. But the thing is, I don't know if Tatum will be that bad again. And
1: I don't know if Brown will be that bad from three-point again, maybe. Well, but- and so, And so Brown, you know, we looked at these numbers he didn't shoot the lights out in any of the series so far, and and Tatum is, is shooting well. He's not shooting forty percent from three, but those guys are going to make more layups, mid range. Especially Tatum, Jalen t- t- Brown had a good game. Yeah, he was ten twenty three. I thought he was really solid. He, I was just every time I watch him play, I go, man, I wish we had one of those guys. Um, and, yeah, exactly. And uh, so you know, let's go over our three points. And uh, we'll kind of break it down that way. Steph comes out hunting. and, And so you mentioned it. They're not trapping. They're not doubling. They're, you know, they're dropping a little bit on the pick and roll and then expecting the help to come. And they were getting confused on some of that stuff for sure. And he goes off. He gets 21 points in the first quarter and then scored zero points in the second quarter. That was rough. In the third quarter, um, would I, I actually don't have the quarter-by-quarter quarter stuff, but he ends up with 34 after 21 in the first, so he only scores 13, 13 points. 13. 13 points for the rest of the game. 7 of 14 from 3, so shot it excellently from 3. But he was so looking for field. a shot. Right? He was looking he was for under, it. He was under 50 from the field? Yeah, he was... Uh, five of 11
2: from the, no, from the, not from the free throw. Wait, wait from the field, from the
1: f- field goal. So three Just point like shot, three? three point shots. He was oh, seven of 14, gotcha. two point shots. He was five of 11. Gotcha. Um, so, you know, he played really well. It is a little bit of a wasted performance, but when they did figure out a way to kind of bottle him up a little bit, Nobody stepped up. Mm -hmm. Andrew Wiggins had a pretty good game, but he was two of seven from three. And they were doing the Derek white thing with him. Derek white made five of eight. Andrew Wiggins two of seven. And that is, you know, not necessarily the difference in the game, but you see the same strategies by both teams and white made them. Wiggins didn't though. Wiggins, Wiggins, you know, played pretty well in in other areas, defensively as well against Jalen Brown, in 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 a lot of scenarios, but you know who had it, it doesn't it doesn't look like this in the plus minus because there's was only a, pl- a minus one. He was the best uh, of the main Warriors players. I thought Draymond looked old. <laughs> I thought he looked slow. I thought he looked uh, short. It, you know, and he he is short, but he usually plays so tall. But against this team. He just looked like another guy out there. I know he, he got 11 rebounds. He was, he was playing hard, but offensively, he was the worst player on the floor on both teams. Two of 12 shooting, 0 of four from three, 0 of three from three uh, from three through the free throw line. and uh, just, you know, just awful. Like, like to the point of we were texting back and forth, and I was like, he is shooting these shots and crossing his fingers. He had no faith. That any of this stuff was going in. You just tell by the body language. Line drives, you know, out of kind of out of control. No grace around the basket. And that's kind of how how he does it. But I don't know. I don't know why it just looked a little worse today than it than it usually does. And probably because it just didn't didn't fall in either.
2: Maybe a little too a little too much low uh lobos over the weekend.
1: <laughs> potentially.
2: Uh, but- I don't know if this is in your points, but um, I think Plus Minus was saying in their latest podcast that, you know, the finals is like different in the sense of like media presence where they have a whole media day, Guillermo comes out. I love those Guillermo videos, but it's just (laughs) a whole like national media presence, all the ESPN there and everything. And, And then it's like different when you've been there before, but when you haven't been there before, it's like, whoa, you know, like, like you're in awe essentially is what they were saying. And I thought that that was going to be the Celtics. And, you know, it kind of seemed like they, it was a little bit when the game started and the Warriors... Shout out to Chase Center. I thought they were going... They were being really loud tonight. But to that point, Chase Center was being really loud and the Celtics were having some miscommunication on defense. That's why Step was, Steph was, you know, going off a lot in the first quarter. They were dropping a little too much. And I could tell that they weren't like... They couldn't, like, hear each other. Mm-hmm. But then they were able to just alter that and turn it around. I think the story of this maybe should be... The Celtics were able to adjust at half, where the problems that I saw from the Warriors' defense at the first half did not adjust. And I think that could be a major talking point that they need to go into. Because who won the coaching battle? I
1: think Ime did. I, I would say, you know, that's hard to say, right? Because what are the Warriors up, 15 in the third quarter? They're up 15. Steve has to take Steph out. This You know, Steph can't play. He can't do the Jimmy Butler and go all 48, right? Especially in game one, no. Steve knows that 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 that's just not going to be great for Steph. And then, you know, he tweaks his ankle there in in the fourth quarter. They have to figure out a way to win those minutes. And I don't know if it's a lineup adjustment. I don't know if it's uh, more zone defense, knowing that, you know, Jordan Poole's just going to get picked on. Like, like, it it was so fun to sort of see that that battle because they were putting, knowing that the Celtics were going to run a pick and roll every single time. They put Jordan Poole on the big man so they would come up to run the pick and roll and then he could guard the small man. And it's like pick your poison because neither guy was afraid. Like they were hunting as Steph was hunting shots. The Celtics were hunting Jordan Poole. It was like Where is that guy? Because we want to go at him. And it wasn't just trying to take him off the dribble. It wasn't just trying to, you know, put him under the basket. It was like, he's not going to close out on the shot either. Like there was one where I think it was Jalen Brown hits a three and Jordan Poole does this thing where he gets his hands up and Jalen, you know, he doesn't jump, but Jalen shoots a three over him. And it's almost like Jordan turns to his teammates and goes, guys, but, but I had my hands up at least, you know, it was like one of those. And I was like, Oh man, this guy does not believe that he can guard these guys, which is unfortunate because they're going to need him to play hard. And I I would just love to see him j- foul the guy, F- foul him. If, if, if instead of letting him get by you, yeah, you're going to waste a foul. You may put a guy in the free throw line, but rather than play that Olay defense and then do the thing where you're like, Oh, I, uh, you know, my bad. It's like, I've seen enough my bads. (laughs) We don't need to see that many my bads uh, in this final. So, I mean, that kind of, that kind of feeds into our second point, which is meet the moment. JP meet. The moment is very much a Silicon Valley saying slash phrase. I'm not a fan of, uh, you know, a lot of these sayings from, you know, from CEOs and such, but, In this case, I think it I think it really fits. Like meet the moment means like, you know, we have this big opportunity and we need people to kind of, you know, come together and and work hard and you know be their best so that we can we can reach it. And that that's what needs to happen with Jordan Poole. He needs to be tougher. He can't just gosh, you know, he he is on defense, you see this guy just flailing because they're being tough with him. And you know they they've they saw the the last two series where that was the way that you beat him and you kind of got in his in his jock was just to be tough with him and look look he is going to be a really good player and I think this series is going to be really good for him as far as understanding you know what this is all about he's he he's going to know it better than we could even say it he he knows what's going on but I would love to see him stand his ground and just not allow something to happen because I think he's being a little too easy right now. And and he needs to, he needs to, to step up to the plate and really, really, really dig in. And we, we, it just needs to happen because if they're going to lose the Steph Curry, uh, bench minutes all the time, then, uh, that's hasta la finals for them. I feel like I've already said all
2: my Jordan pool stuff in the beginning. Uh, does, yeah no I already said all my JP stuff. I mean I even ju- I just floated the idea of
1: him being taken out of the rotation. I feel like it can't go any worse than that. Okay, so let's say we get the GP minutes and let's say you know may- maybe GP gets 5 of uh, how many minutes did Jordan Poole play tonight? Jordan Poole played uh 25 minutes and he he would have played more. He would have at least played 28, but they brought Stefan early uh with the 5 point lead and they just collapse even more after that it it was it was done but let's say he plays 20 and and gp gets 5 of those or maybe he plays 15 and gp gets 10 of those there is something with gp where they'll be able to you know turn it up a little bit on defense but again you know he gets stuck in that corner and if Draymond or uh Wiggins or, or somebody else is also on that court, and they're not afraid of two shooters. That could be tough as well. That could be really tough for the Steph spacing. So I, I you know, I it's almost like you kind of have to play JP because at least they have to check him out there. Because if not, uh, you know, they're, that that they're, they're just gonna they're just gonna play five on four basketball, and that's gonna be rough on the. Rest I feel of like it. the GP minutes have to come in that pool in the non-Steph
2: uh, lineup with pool with Iguodala with Clay. Most out there, auto. So I guess Igadala and GP are the two non shooters. um, But Igadala,
1: I guess, can kind of play that Draymond role at the top. I almost wonder if he plays with Steph. Uh, I almost wonder if the starting lineup is Steph, GP, Clay, Wiggins, Draymond. You're kicking Luna out when he just finally got back in? What? I mean he he rebounded well, right? He rebounded well, but he you know, he had uh, nine boards. Uh he had a total of uh four points. He fumbled a bunch of passes out of bounds. <laughs> you
2: know, he was he was fumbling today. That was that was a quite clear reminder of when Steph went to Wiseman in the middle of the season or I don't remember if it was last season. He was like Steph was like pointing to, in the air to Wiseman. He was like, "You know, for you I could throw this lob." And he was like frustrated cuz Looney kept either catching the, the bounce pass or missing it or pump faking into oblivion and
1: putting up a, yeah, I agree. This
2: wasn't the best loon game. Good. So, good so, but really. I mean,
1: but, but I think they're going to have to be pretty strategic and, and selective. What does Steve see as the, the worst thing that they need to fix now, if it is the uh, perimeter defense, then maybe it's worth it, right? Maybe it's worth it not getting a rebound here and there so that they could close out on shooters. Does that open it up for, you know, Rob Williams? Does that make Horford play a little bit more inside? I think they'd be okay with that. If they could at least defend this team a little bit more. And then, you know, on offense without loon, you can probably do a few more things uh, with back cuts and stuff. So, I mean, it's an interesting idea. It would be kind of hard for, for GP to just go, uh, hi guys, I'm back. Oh, dude, you're starting. Which, which is well, why I, br- which is why I brought up Iguodala, because he played really well today. Yeah. Well, what would you
2: say is the thing they need to fix then? Because I felt like the offense was there. Yeah, Wiggins two for seven from three seemed like he was missing some open threes. I think it's the defense. I think it's that defending the perimeter, and I think Gary Payton would be the best Jalen Brown defender that the Warriors have. Um, and then Wiggins on JT, Steph on Smart, I guess Clay on.
1: Ooh, see, this is when it gets tough. So maybe Clay but on JT. You you may you you may put one of those guys on the center, right? If if they are gonna play a center, because if they are gonna play the two bigs, Williams and Horford, you may you may sink uh Steph or Clay on, on one of the bigs and just go, okay, like throw it in the middle. Like we're just gonna well, you know, you you you're gonna try and put the ball on the floor and take one of our littles. And then we're going to trap you when you put the ball on the floor. And we're going to steal it from you. It could be something yeah. like that. Um, yeah. You I don't
2: know, know if it's GP starting, but I do think it's GP in the lineup. And I think, you know, like you said, you just said that, like, what does Steve Kerr think he needs to address? And he'll make that change in, like, the lineup or a starting lineup or a rotation. I think it is that defense on the perimeter. Um, and like you said, they can they can get it in the paint. If they have to force out Horford inside, they'll throw it into Horford. Boom, trap. Maybe Horford's not the best at passing
1: out of those situations. So, I, I'd rather him hit twos than threes like that's you know he six of eight most of those were from the corner uh that and, and he's kind of the last guy to get that whip around pass and the Warriors just could not get to that last shooter so uh so yeah so okay so last thing here obviously we talked about the epic collapse but I think it goes a little bit deeper Horford outplays Draymond by a very wide margin oh look I spelled margin wrong what's going on um, by a very wide margin, and uh, Clay and Wiggins weren't really factors in the way that Smart, White, and Brown were. I think it comes down to the fact that so the Celtics can guard the perimeter; they almost overdo it. They kind of overguard the perimeter, and sometimes that you know you can be open. You can open up the middle. Because they overguard the perimeter. It's like, okay, now let's go in the middle. Because a lot of times, you know, those uh the those mid-range jumpers, those you know, 18-footers, the floaters were there, and they're kind of giving that up. They're they're basically saying, look, you you can shoot that. We're we're gonna live with that. We're gonna close out the threes, and we're gonna try to make it hard for you to make threes, and you can shoot those runners, shoot those uh those uh 20-footers, and then we're also gonna overplay your drive. We're gonna cut off the middle as well. So they're really sort of a, they're really sort of selling out on the three point three pointers and they're selling out on the drives. So that does leave the middle open now. Is that an efficient way to score? I think for Steph, for Draymond, in some instances for Clay, if he just trusts his ability to rise, because it doesn't have to fade away on everything, like he can just c- go right hard stop and get up. He is sick. You know, he's six, seven. He can, he can do that. Um, But you know, it's, it's not necessarily the best way that, that, that wig, you know, Wiggins has to sort of set up his, his long distance too. Right. He kind of, he's got to go into his thing, his, you know, step back. Like he's not going to just go attack, stop and shoot. Cause it's just not his game. If he's going to attack, he's going to attack the rim. So, I don't know. I think I think there are open buckets there for the Warriors. It's just not super efficient for them. And, and you're kind of playing into the Celtics' hands defensively. And then on the flip side, they're going to have to find a way, if they're going to continue to play this lineup, uh, they're going to have to find a way to possibly play more zone. Um, That, that could be a thing where they go, you know what? We're going to have to play a little bit more zone. Uh, and then see how the Celtics play that uh, Celtics have shot creators Tatum Brown. They can all get their, their shot if if need be, they don't have to, you know, they don't have to be wide open to get a shot. They can create Uh Jalen Brown is, is going to stick his shoulder into somebody and, and, and rise up. Wiggins had a nice block on him. Cause I think, you know, he sort of scouted that shot, but there were other times when, when Brown was able to get that shot. So, you know, I just don't think we can rely on the fact that a they're going to miss open threes next game. You know, this is not Dorian Finney Smith and Reggie Bullock. It's just not. These guys are much better shooters. And the fact of the matter is, is that their offense is run so much better. This is not, you know, sort of Luca and four guys. This is, you know, let's run an offense and let's get guys open shots. And and that's that's a difference. Like the Warriors. The Warriors wish that this was Luca and the four guys because they could guard that stuff way easier than they can guard these guys, these long guys who can all shoot running uh, you know, running offense. Uh, yeah, that's just going to be the thing for next game is
2: adjustments made. Um, and I feel like we've offered some pretty good ideas. We'll see if they get made true. But I want to ask you a question in that Out of the remaining people on the bench, let's not include Gary Payton, because I think we're both under the assumption that if he's good to go, he will play. But out of the Kamingas, out of the Moody's, out of, I don't even want to say Damian Lee, out of the Bielitzas, out out of the remaining bench players, who do you think will be most likely to make an appearance
1: in actual meaningful minutes in this finals or none? So, So you're talking the guys who played last series because of the injuries. Is that who you're talking about?
2: Yeah, yeah, just everyone who didn't play today plus GP. No, no, yeah, everyone who, yeah, everyone who didn't play today, but don't include GP.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, I think Kerr may play Moody, especially if there is another possible injury. Like Andre went down, and immediately uh, because Jason Tatum put his knee right in the, I think they called it the abdomen, but it was it was really right in his balls. He just got him right in the balls. And I immediately went, oh no, again, like this poor guy. But he came back and he played, and I thought he played pretty well, actually. But injuries can happen, and if if somebody does get hurt, or if they just find pool not playable, Moses Moody can play in the series. He may be a little more indecisive than they probably want him to be right now, but he can play... Especially, look if Peyton Pritchard could play, and I know that they use him in a different way, where where he's gonna, you know, be in the corner. Um, he doesn't really bring the, he's not gonna really bring the ball up and and you know, be play a true point guard position. But Moses Moody could play if Peyton Pritchard's on the court. Um, I w- I want to say Kaminga, but I think oh, oh, most mostly because Kaminga can size up with those guys, right? He, he, can, he can play big with those guys. I don't think he shoots well enough to be a true factor against this kind of defense because his way to impact the court is to get to the rim. And I think by the time he decides that he's going to drive, they already have sort of stunted him and, and, and stopped the ball and he's got to find a, a shooter. Yep,
2: I'm totally with you. I think it's Moody. Um, you know, we've been saying I think Moody does all the right things. And even though it might not show up on the back the box score, you don't really see any bad things. And I think that's pretty key for a guy who can hit an open
1: three, defend, and he also tries really hard. Just sounds like a little or auto. One one more guy who I think could only because Kerr really likes him. And it's not Damian Lee, by the way um t a or Bielica? No, I think it's Bealiza only because Bielitsa can stretch whoever the big is and stretch him out because he liked Bealiza plays much better, you know, on the perimeter than he does in the post. So you could you could do some strategic things with Bealiza to pull him out just to try and pull out Rob those Williams. guys and stretch them out and do the same thing that they were doing to Draymond today, right? Like if you if you have to guard the entire perimeter, like I I almost feel bad like dogging on Draymond a little bit, but you know he he would probably say the same thing. Like you know Ben Ben even told us when he saw Draymond and and, and Marcus uh, Marcus was with him and Draymond came up to them and was like, oh man, I wasn't good tonight. I, I I assume that he's looking at that box score, you know, probably before he's getting ready to do his podcast. If I if I I'm, I'm going to give Draymond some advice. From podcaster to podcaster, don't do a podcast tonight. Just just say, you know what? I left my equipment in Dallas. It just hasn't made it back. <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be ready on, on Sunday night. Like I, I just wouldn't do one. Uh, but yeah, you know, it is hard to guard the entire perimeter in the way that the Warriors would have had to do it tonight in that fourth quarter. And that's how Boston won the game. Now, can the Warriors create opportunities like that too? Possibly. Is that more playing into Boston's hand? Maybe that those you know. I trust that Steve Kerr and you know all of the the coaches sort of thinking about this from the offensive perspective. I'm sure there's options. I'm sure there's things that they're going to do on Sunday that are not. But here's what I will say: In no way is this series over but they have to win game 2. Game yeah, 2 game is must, must win. win. If they don't win game 2, there's a possibility that we don't come back. And and this was my nightmare, right? The young team going like, "Wow, we figured it out." And nothing is holding us back. They kind of they kind of let them do that tonight and and they need to figure out game 2 so that this is actually a series. Yep, one last update.
2: Anthony Slater tweeted, it's not really anything important, but four of Al Horford's six made threes were basically uncontested. Two had a late contest. Horford is making 46.3% of his threes in the playoffs. See, these seem like very easy fixes.
1: Let's not give these
2: guys much breathing room.
1: Well, yeah, yeah, easy to the point of where if you have the right... Guys out on the court, you can make that a lot harder. When you're playing Kevon Looney and Draymond at the same time, you are making it very hard on yourself to be able to guard the shot. And and that's just basketball, right? That's that's the Celtics going like, okay, if they're going to play the two bigs, um, you know, then this is how we'll attack it. And and uh, and I'm going to guess that that probably Looney may have been off the court in some of the bigger ones. And it's just Draymond trying to hold the middle, and he really does have to get out on that shot. That's why I think Andre could be the person who helps them out a little bit more. And and if it is GP, it could be GP as well. But those two guys might might be key for for uh, Sunday in in stopping a lot of this and forcing them to you know shoot more twos. But then if you do that, then you know Tatum's going to Tatum's definitely going to play better, and Jalen Brown probably play a similar. You know, he'll probably play just as well too. So that's a different sort of you know, that that's a different problem that that they could have. So um I think I think that's it. You know, there, there's really you know, it's kind of one of those things where you kind of want to be mad at the Warriors. You're like, God, you guys had this game. Like what in some ways it's almost like Boston just snatched it from them. Boston was like no, like we're going to take this game and the Warriors could do nothing about it. It was really weird to watch. That's why I sort of think it's like 2002 Giants because, you know, the Angels just snatched that game right from them. And the Giants were kind of cruising like, ah, we like this. And Warriors were like, ah, feeling pretty good about ourselves here. And they're like, yep. nope. And I know like uh, you just said that it was a game six, 2002.
2: Yeah. Game six is more must win than a game one, but yep. with context, with this game one where the Warriors got more rest, the Warriors are a three seed with home court advantage in the finals. Yeah, it just seems like a
1: similar must win than a game six in the World Series. That that was my thing, right? They got to win the the two at home, like they're so important. I know Slater thought that the Warriors would lose one. Um, I don't remember which one he thought they were going. to. I think he thought they were going to lose game two, but yeah that they have the warriors have just made it really really hard on themselves to stay with this young team now you know maybe maybe in in game 2 the the experience starts to play in and and they can actually get back to their style of basketball but that this that the the way that the game was played today it was so much more to the favor of boston mm-hmm. all these threes flying all over the place ball whipping around the long arms on defense. It just, it just, they, it sort of played right into their hands. And I don't think you bet on this, but I
2: think you hope for this in the sense that Boston has played two game sevens.
1: Maybe they get a little tired in the finals where, you but know, who looked like the tired team that'll... tonight, though? That, that was my thing. them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, who looked tired? The Warriors were the ones who looked tired. Yeah. But Boston could still look more tired when we get to the later games. If there are later games, maybe they're just trying to eke it all out in those first four games. And, you know, there's there's a lot more time between games than uh, than I even realized. They yep. don't play again until Next Sunday. Next Sunday. Then Wednesday. Friday, Saturday, yeah. And so there's, you know, there's two days of rest. And the young spry legs and, you know, I don't know, whatever Al Horford, you know, He's 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 taking his vitamins or whatever because he looks fresh too. So
2: maybe I'll go try to find Marcus Smart in the city and tell him I don't like his green hair and see how that affects <laughs> games that uh game two's performance.
1: Well, you know, some of it was the the referees allowed him to basically arm bar staff every time he had to ball <laughs> <laughs> And then, oh, man, the on, and then they called yeah. the Steph on, and then they called the fell on Steph for trying to get
2: unarmed barred. It was, was a push off, but it was also Steph literally saying he's arm barring me. He's grabbing my arms. Yeah, like yeah. Eh.
1: he got he got frustrated Annoying. too. He doesn't usually get that frustrated. I think he sort of sensed like if they continue to to call the game this lightly, it could be it could be trouble for us. Uh, all right, so you are uh, the band podcast at the band pods. You have a pretty fun interview tomorrow. Are you gonna? announce it or are you just gonna kind of crush yeah it no I
2: think I think uh this is not the guest but we tried to get Eric Pascal on one time and, yeah. and Eric Pascal agreed and then he big timed us and this specific guest maybe not as big of a name as Eric Pascal but maybe provides even more insight than Eric Pascal ever will. Rafael Barlow he is on the NBA big board podcast he is the director of scouting for that podcast he I trust him with everything when it goes into uh, the draft you might know him from, you know, it was Chad Ford's podcast. Chad Ford, mm-hmm. a very notable name, who retired and gave off the handed off the baton to Raphael Barlow. So he and- so he now runs the big board sub stack? Yep. Wow. Well, yeah, yeah, the big board subsecond. He's very high on Paolo Banquero. so I might have to ask him a question that says, "Who is your favorite prospect in the draft, and why is it Paolo Bancaro? I think that might be my first question.
1: <laughs> well, uh, supposedly this draft, like a lot of people like, at least the first, uh, the first three guys, you know, are are, are really, really good. Supposedly going to be good players. But yeah, we'll, we'll, I, I will dig into that stuff after this finals because we'll yep. do we'll do a draft version of, of this show as well, so we'll have to I'll have to start digging in, but I'm not going to pay attention until the after the finals are over. All right, so check out the band. When, when is that podcast going to be live?
2: It'll record tomorrow. We'll see how quickly I can get it up. I'll try to get it up as quick as possible, but I might have
1: to think that you know, I'll get it up as quick as possible. Bet on it tomorrow night. All right, so, uh, yeah, just follow us at uh, BSPN Shows on Twitter and Instagram, uh, and you can listen to the Death Lineup on the BSPN podcast feed. By searching for BSPN, you may have to throw in the Bay Area Sports Podcasting Network, but you can see our uh, our nice little BSPN logo that looks snazzy. It looks like, you know, 1980s ESPN um so check us out you can listen to all, all of our shows brad and i did a show we did a preview show the other day with uh with max lee and uh the red and gold standard podcast about the 49ers is uh is in this feed you know generally weekly sometimes You know, maybe they'll miss a few days here and there, but they'll come back with two episodes. So,
2: and maybe WNBA soon announcement that they're looking for a couple expansion teams. San Francisco was on the list.
1: Oh, really? Better get, I better get ready to know my WNBA because I'm very excited for that. Yeah, that'll be interesting. I I would, I would love to have a WNBA podcast on this network. All right. Uh, we're going to get out of here. We'll be back Sunday night, hopefully with, uh, better news, with, with, with better. Uh, energy, yeah, we, we were pretty good. To, see, the thing is, is like when the Warriors have been in six finals, it's like it's not like this is the first time the Warriors are in the finals and we're, you know, we're just like so nervous and stuff like it's like basketball. It's like, oh, yeah, long series. We get it. But, uh, you know, like I said, if they do not come away with with game two, then, you know, someone's going to be making Cancun plans. So, all right. So uh, we'll be back. Uh, so for Brian, I am double G. See when we see you. Peace out.